Black Girl and Ohm promotes holistic wellness and inner beauty for women of color. We encourage self-care, self-love, and self-empowerment for communities of color. This is Lauren Ash. And Dion Ivory, thank you so much for listening. So we are here to talk about something that, wow, <laughs> we need to talk about this way more. We absolutely do. And y'all been asking us to talk about relationships since like day one. Wait, have we never talked about relationships? Not in terms of like intimate relationships That's necessarily. Wild. Like subtly, we're always talking about sisterhood. Yeah. We're always right. talking about You're right. like... We do sometimes mention relationships, but like we haven't had a full conversation about it. Exploration of it, yeah. So, and we knew that we needed to do it in conjunction with something that was like specifically wellness related. Mm. So mindfulness, you know. In relationships, just... yes. So we brought back <laughs> a fave from the past mm-hmm. in Keichi and Jaka. Hey. <laughs> Girl, you Hi. sound super chill. <laughs> you came in with the California vibes Hi. like <laughs> Oh my God. Yes, girl. So we are ready to be blessed by your wisdom. I mean, I'm I'm ready to take my notes and apply that which you have to share with and us. We, you know, we mentioned that we heard from y'all. Like just in case those of you listening didn't go back and listen to our conversation on mindfulness more broadly within KG. Mm-hmm. Might be a good little prequel to right. this edition, okay? But in KG, could you share a little bit about the work that you do, why you're so passionate, and also like why you want to talk about mindfulness and relationships together? Yeah, absolutely. Um so mindfulness and For those of you who listen or are just listening to this episode, um, I'm a mindfulness teacher and um, really approach mindfulness from my background of neuroscience and very, I'm very interested in how presence can create more spaciousness. And I can see that from like a preventative health perspective. I've definitely seen that in the research that I've done. Um, But then as I've continued to deepen my practice and see how mindfulness has changed, you know, my brain, it's also changed my body and it's changed the way that I kind of move through the world Mm -hmm. and um, specifically to relationships. It's like, well, anytime we're doing wellness, we are centering ourselves at well at the we're centering ourselves when we think of wellness. Um, But I think so many people actually like think of mindfulness as a way of affecting change and like we must as people relate to one another so it's kind of silly to like leave out people in the conversation of mindfulness which is why mindful relationships is really important to me too Hmm. well and I love that you said usually too because I think there are more and more conversations that when thinking about the word wellness, don't even don't can't think about it separate from the community, you know, like I even remember we were all there um, at, at Wellspring this past year and hearing Reverend Angel Kyoto Williams talk about that really made an impression on me. You know, if if, if I am not well, then inherently we are not well as a collective. Mm. So, yeah, I just think this is timely, necessary, all of that. Um, and Keiichi. Yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't hear you, so I was kind of just checking to make sure you're there. I'm done. Um, <laughs> I'm listening. I'm like totally like thinking back to yeah, to Wellspring and I think I I think Angel Kyoto Williams definitely wrapped 
it very cohesively that yes, like we cannot collectively do anything if we're not well individually and, and it's very um, circuitous. Mm-hmm. And I think like, it's interesting because even in the traditions of mindfulness and Buddhism and you really see people, you see people practicing in community, but you don't really see the relating part. Mm. And I think with the rise of mindfulness, the rise of technology, I just, yeah, feel like it's getting left behind. And particularly as I think about like dating and dating in this time right now. And so many people that come to my classes are like, well, how do we be this way with our friends? How do we practice this? Like not in isolation. Um, and I don't always have the answer, but I love thinking about it. Girl, I need the answer. Cause you know what, who I am on this podcast is sometimes not who I am when I go to my family's house and I'm like, I'm home. And then I'm like, I am I home? <laughs> because, you know, the old patterns that were conditioned all throughout my childhood just come out full force. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, and that's the beautiful thing I think about thinking of myself as a black girl in Ohm. It's like remembering that's okay mm-hmm. and that's normal. But how can I, as much as possible, practice greater mindfulness um, so that I can feel like the the higher self that I always, you know, aspire to kind of rise to be as many times as possible and as many different like um, relationships in my life as possible, not just with like my work friends who are also in wellness Absolutely. and talking about sisterhood, but yeah. like with, you know, <laughs> with other people. Um, so, mm. yeah, let's get into it. Let's talk about this topic. So why in your personal life does this topic kind of um, stand out amongst the rest in terms of mindfulness? Personally, I mean, I can totally relate to the family thing because I was just <laughs> in Minneapolis for three weeks with my family. Ooh, three weeks? Yeah, that is a long yes. time. Well, I know three that you weeks? and your family yeah. are close, but that doesn't mean that things don't come up. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Um, so I can circle back to that in a second. But um, to answer your question of why this has become important. Well, as I found myself pursuing wellness and wanting to work in the spaces of teaching people mindfulness, but also like working with other wellness brands. And I slowly started to see my relationships change to really people all in wellness and in some way, shape or form. And that made it really easy for me to, to be well right like like okay we're gonna go get our green juice and then we're gonna go to yoga and then we're gonna like drink tea and so like while I think it's really beautiful that like the majority of my friendships are like that um yeah there still is the the truth of my family of origin which is not necessarily on my same spiritual health path Mm -hmm. and then also like how does this how does this affect me in dating specifically? And I know that girl, I was waiting for you. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) how does this affect me in dating? Because Mm. I, so right now, I I mean, I'm single, very single. And, um, let him know. Let him know. Okay. (laughs) Very single. Okay. Okay. It was a capital. Single is not a bill. Go ahead. Uh huh. (laughs) 
We'll talk about how you can um, earn a date with NKG later. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Zero um, two. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> but what's really interesting is I so seven years ago I moved out to San Francisco, which is where I still live, and I moved out here to pursue like a career in wellness and. I had just ended a relationship that was seven years long. And one of the first books that I picked up was this book called How to Be an Adult in Relationships. And I was like, I need to buy this for my ex. Like, he needs to, like, understand (laughs) how to be a better person. And then maybe we'll get back together. And I opened this book up. And I'm going to open it up now and try to find the exact quote. um, Because it, it really changed my life. This is another David Rico quote. And he says, a relationship cannot be expected to fulfill our needs. It only shows them to us and makes a modest contribution to their fulfillment. So when I discovered this book, I opened it up and found this quote. And David Rico is the author. Mm -hmm. And he says, we think we are the sum of all the bad things that have happened to us but that is only true if we have not worked on ourselves. Behind all our wounds, sensitivities, flawed inclinations, and regretted mistakes is reliably growth-fostering milieu inside of us that remains alive no matter what. Love is indeed a journey from aloneness through closeness and opposition into communion. And so when I read this, it suddenly became less about my ex and more about me needing to figure out a way to heal how did you feel when you first read it I literally had to close the book and like I couldn't really like process I I felt like I wanted answers for like why I was right and my ex-partner was wrong but it really began a journey of like, how do I practice non-attachment? How do I know difference between strong preferences versus needs? Mm. How do I make strong requests for the things that I desire? How do I manifest a partner? What are the subconscious things getting in the way? What do I what am I unwilling to look at and place that responsibility on a relationship? I mean, there were just so many questions that came out of like starting to read this book. I am still reading this book seven years later. It sits on my nightstand. I'm constantly in a meditation around the things that David Rico says. And I've supported kind of my inquiry with other, with other spiritual teachers, but this was like the catalyst of me, um, trying to understand how to be a better person Mm. for myself in dating. Um, Because it's, it's one thing to just like say, okay, this is the type of person I want. Um, He's going to show up and be perfect. (laughs) Like he's going to be exactly the way that I want. Um, And, and that's, it's interesting because that sort of has happened, but then there are like really specific things that need to be unprogrammed in, in my psychology or like in my way of being that I don't really get to address or we could call it bypassing. Cause that's, it's like really difficult stuff to deal with in my practice unless I'm 
consciously addressing this in my relationship to others that mm. I'm dating. Um, and so I'm, I, I'm like still trying to figure out like how to do it, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it is definitely something that I think is really important because there's so much healing in there. I think that's so funny that you talked about opening this book, um, basically desiring something to, um, how can I explain it? Basically giving this book to your partner or the lesson that you were about to read through this book to your partner so he can get himself together um, and it reading you instead. Um, Because I, I just read, I'm reading seven habits of highly effective people that book girl have been slapping me all which ways. Okay. <laughs> and um, one of them, one of the topics, I just stopped reading it because I was like, it, it literally was a paragraph and I was like, I have to stop reading because this is reading me to the field. And it talked about interdependence, right? And um, versus dependence and independence. And so, you know, he talks about how dependent people are essentially in society, like seen as like the weaker vessel because you have to depend on people and, and how in society independence is really praised um and but independence is not necessarily the strongest out of the three it's interdependence right which is this ability to coexist with people and like be in community um and exist and do life with other people and I was sitting there and I was just like anybody who knows me knows that I'm a very independent person right I'm like I just do things on my own I'm like uh, you know I thrive in isolation whatever whatever and then I sat down after reading that and I was just like first of all Dion you are all types of I'm not gonna judge myself and say I'm all types of wrong but um I do recognize that my independence um has a has an effect on my relationships and my ability to cultivate healthy relationships with other people which I, which I feel like is me becoming more mindful and aware of how to navigate relationships. Um, because like, I don't know necessarily how to coexist with people. And for so long I was like, Oh, independence is a great thing. That means I don't have to be a burden to people or, you know, I didn't want to, I didn't want people to feel like, Oh, Dion like needs me or like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know what type of comfort I was getting from that. Right. But he was like, no, the thing the the strongest out of the three is interdependence because like you, you do, first of all, in wellness, you are not well alone. Your soul is not well alone. You need people. That's how literally God made us. Right. You know? So when you start to think about mindfulness, I think that it's good to talk about, and you talked about this at the top of the show, like community and like relational and like friendships and family, instead of being like, "Uh uh-huh, I'm out here independent, this, that, and the third. It's like, no, like try to, I mean, I know for me, I try to figure out what is the root of my independence. It's fear of something. It's fear of me being seen a certain way in front of other people or seen a certain way in front of my partner or my friendships. And that's something, if I'm journeying towards wholeness, that's something that I should address, you know, um, and try to work on and, you know, in terms of like being mindful and more aware of how I can coexist with the people around me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Girl, I think you, (laughs) I think you like mentioned something so important is this idea of independence. I can totally relate. I often think that that is, you know, quote unquote, why I'm single. Um, Cause I'm fiercely independent and Mm -hmm. like love that. 
and totally see through my, my through my practice of exploring this particular part of my wellness um, because it wasn't like adding up. It was like, okay, if I if I want this thing, which is partnership, mm-hmm. how am I showing up to this thing that I want? And and then also, what am I really truly afraid of in showing up to this? And um, and so one of the things that I have found through this exploration is this pattern that I have of self abandoning, which is. I would say totally was totally masked in my independence. Well, I don't need anyone. Uh So I'm doing this thing on my own. I'm going to travel all over the place. I'm going to work for myself. I literally don't need anyone. And then I end up like low key, not so low key, like shutting people out Mm -hmm. and thinking, I don't know, thinking that like I'm somehow like doing a good thing when in reality it's not really what I stand for. Mm. Um, so I really appreciate you saying that because I think, I think it like really calls us to define independence. So what specific practices help us unpack and understand, um, how we are showing up in relationships, because that's a, mo- that's a big blind spot, you know, most yeah, of us clearly. just are operating in, <laughs> yeah. most of us are operating in autopilot. And I've been doing a lot of thinking lately around how like my own personal wellness journey, I'm only speaking about myself, um, is marked by now fairly like frequent, just big, overhauls, awakenings, life changes, like really significant moments that happen because I've opened up myself to allow them to happen. I firmly believe like a lot of like spiritual shifts, like they will happen if you desire it. (laughs) And it might, the things that you're praying for and asking for and putting out, um, you know, like you go, you go and learn those lessons, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but like, Apart from those and just like allowing life to to bring and, and, and transform us how it will, like what are intentional steps around getting more mindful? Because I don't know. I just feel like we just kind of are just like, oh, you're my friend. OK, we're going we gonna to go around this friendship thing, you know. <laughs> oh, you're my boo. OK, we're going to do boo things. Yeah. But it's like um, I don't think the majority of people sit around and think about this is how I'm showing up in my relationship with my sister. Mm-hmm. This is how my partner is showing up in relationship with me. Does mm-hmm. that match up my expectations? Have we talked about our expectations? So how, what are your, you know, yeah. practitioner guiding principles or practices? Yeah. So I think that the first way to practice is really to be in awareness um, with who you are with. And how that actually feels for you. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of the time we are in friendships or relationships based on a set of rules or ideas, even conveniences. Girl, I was just um, shaking my head. <laughs> they left. <left>. Sorry. <laughs> Why were you shaking your head? 
Um, I mean, I don't really have any relationships in my life out of obligation or convenience anymore. So I was mostly shaking my head at like a hallelujah, I'm free. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Yes, um, yes. But it's just one yeah. of those things where like we all know what that feels like. You know? Yeah. So that was why totally, I was Totally. Totally. Um, and I think as we like, as we each are like on our journey to be our most complete selves or like living fully in our, our power or however we want to language that, I think that we get to a place where we can make better decisions about who are people that are really like life giving versus energy taking. Um, that being said, we still run into conflict because we're all different and want different things at different times. And, you know, how do we be really like slow and patient in that? So I think being attuned to friendship, uh, having patience, but also having like a really wide curiosity and also, um, practicing non-judgment. And I think like, not just non-judgment for the other person in the relationship, but like non-judgment to yourself as things come up. And I definitely practice that in friendships. I practice that in work relationships and I practice that in dating. You literally spoke specifically to a leveling up slash deepening into like my closest um, friendship that I have with what you just said, like literally everything you offered was like exactly the process that I had to go through. But also I'm so glad I went through because it just brought us to the next level. (laughs) Um, so, you know, what you're sharing about like, uh, everything, everything that you were sharing, essentially like my best friend and I, like we're going through such individual kind of rapid change, both on a career level and a personal level on a like, 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 you know, significant life chapters that close and then a new one is ushered into. It's like, we're both in that stage too. And so we've just been navigating like different aspects of our relationship, both related to that and just, you know, separate from those things and related to other things. And a big awakening that I've had recently, um, and it's come from exactly what you offered in Keiichi, um, awareness, right? Analyzing how I feel analyzing um, from what I can tell how the other person feels and what mm-hmm. they communicate with me. Like mm-hmm. we had several hearts to heart conversations. Most of, most of them I did not at first appreciate. Like I was just in my own head. Um, I was, you know, doing that thing that we always talk about not doing. Don't take anything personally. <laughs> um, Cause I think sometimes with our friends um, and our partners, we can oftentimes take things the most personally oh, absolutely. because that's someone that we love. They love us. And so they shouldn't be saying this. That's the exact person you need to allow to read you for filth because they love you. Exactly. Girl, I, that the that, older I have gotten, that. the more I have just really appreciated um, the practice of viewing my friends as like. Like a council yes, of the some people. sort, yeah, a council, yeah. accountability, yes. like the the mirror. You're going to be a better mirror than me more more times than not than I can be to myself, just Absolutely. because we have so many layers over how we see ourselves. Mm-hmm. So yeah, my 
especially Chelsea. She can just read me. And the next day I'm calling her up and she'll be like, I know you love me. And she'll be like, that's why I told you that. <laughs> girl. Because who else is going to tell Ooh, you? We, girl. So y'all, Ugh. I think a lot of times we get questions um, from our community around like, how do you cultivate a sisterhood? And like, what is a sister like? It is also per- the person that's going to check you. It is. And, and you're going to tell yeah. you about yourself. Absolutely. <laughs> and it's like giving people per- permission to mm-hmm. do that. Because yeah, we went through that, like I said, recently, and we are literally in like the best place that we've yeah. ever been with our friends. It's beautiful. Yeah, I love that. You and Chelsea, some some real ones. Y'all from day one. That's how I feel about Victoria. You know, like I, like I, ugh, girl, like, wow. I, I, yeah, I don't even know what I'm saying because I'm just like, wow. I'm just thinking about my friendship and this the level of trust and the the level of like. Even when I, even when you're saying something that hurts me, it's not your intention is not to hurt me. You're just telling me the truth, and you just need those people around you. I mean, a lot of times people are are unable to cultivate these sisterhoods because they. Sometimes when people tell you the truth about yourself, they trigger something in you yep. that makes you go off on them, and it's yes. just like, but you don't want to accept that for yourself. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Everything that you, how you respond, and more often than not, is a reflection of like where you are yes and your past exactly but other people can't see your past so they won't respond to you necessarily yeah and that's that's why it's so important to unpack our trauma and unpack our pattern Mm -hmm. and And, KG, we mm -hmm. just went on a whole (laughs) (laughs) it's still talking about mindfulness though mindfulness and tangents to me are great oh okay acknowledging like wow (laughs) we just took that took it over (laughs) (laughs) we're passionate we're passionate i mean what do you think in response to what we shared (laughs) oh i think it's so true I think like it it's really beautiful to watch relationships grow over time especially friendships and having to I mean one of the things that I think is so true about being aware attentive and honoring really you know the the journey that your friend is going on and then yourself but also the journey that your friendship is going on and being like paying attention to that it's so important. There is so much depth that mm-hmm. will come from from that awareness. And the next thing I was going to say, which you just like totally articulated as well, is the practice of non-attachment, which that's like the the Buddhist, you know, philosophy around mindfulness is that what we're attached to is is generally what's causing us suffering, and I think even in our friendships, we still have like usually what happens when we're relating to someone and they and we're upset about anything that they've said or done. It's because we have an expectation of how they should or should not have been. Mm. And true. I think read me. Yeah, it's <laughs> so true. Like even going on a date, I'm like, well, he should pay because I want to, him to be chivalrous or generous or whatever, whatever rule I have in my head. Um, that so I'm like, aware of. You know what mine it's is? What I'm, I'm, put, I'm about what to put I'm myself saying. and my friends on blast at the same time, okay? Because I'm petty. Don't forget. You are petty. Um, <laughs> you know what my thing is that I've had to like actively work against? Like, oh, like I have a lot of like energy around my birthday and people forgetting my birthday and or not like doing things for my birthday. So literally every year I get so petty around my birthday but, like, people don't know because I'm really big on just planning stuff for myself. So they're just like, oh, Lauren's having a great time. But low-key, I'm always like, my friend should have done this. My friend should have done that. And it's always very <laughs> realistic. 
like incredibly realistic, unrealistic. Oh, I'm over here like, oh, uh, I thought she yeah, was about to. Too. Oh, okay. Well, well I, <laughs> I mean, didn't mean no, for 30. Okay. 30, 31 is on 32 is on me. <laughs> and Wait. 33 is on me. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> so, so this is also the part of the practice is that I'm listening. I'm so I'm listening. We're both listening to you as your friend. Oh, true. You know, and now that we know you. that this is something important to you, mm-hmm. I feel like this is like my tenant of friendship. I feel like I, I need to honor that because it's shared, you know? Yeah. And I think like, that's, that's what letting people in is that I think that's what mindful relationships are is, is attending to. Dang. So we just practiced it together. Yeah. Yo, that was so amazing. Don't ever say yo again. I'm about to fly out of here. <laughs> this girl said yo. <laughs> What? <laughs> I can't stand Dion. I can't. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so, but you see what happened, right? It's yes. like, and this happens every day with like, if you're really listening, if you're really paying attention, like, you know, if someone holds the door open for you and you're like, oh my God, that was so sweet. Well, I guess vice versa. If you hold the door open for someone and you you can tell that it like really means something to them or you make them something or you make a reservation or you get them a gift and you know that it really touches them in a certain way, you then have like more information of how to be a better friend to them. And these kinds of cues, I think, are always happening. I think when I think we become better communicators, too. I mean, um, because that... I think now in my, what I'm realizing is like my work is actually also being able to name it and say like, I need, you know, I, I need, I need you to do this or be this way. <laughs> it doesn't sound very beautiful. Yeah, no. <laughs> but it's and... like in a, in a request. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, that's how a lot of us do learn to communicate though. Like if you don't mm-hmm. do the, like ultimatums, mm-hmm. you know, and like threats and like nobody oh, likes God. to be threatened. <laughs> Nobody likes to be threatened. No, it's so bad. It's like, that's actually really... So what's interesting about... So another practical thing is like, how do you feel when that's happening? So like, I recently had to make a threat with a client of mine. So another relationship that I try... I try to be mindful in all relationships. Um, I try to be really present with whoever I'm interacting with. Um, and I found myself in a situation where I really didn't like what was happening and I needed to more or less put my foot down, but really assert myself in ways that I hadn't been. Um, cause one of my patterns is to, like I said before, self abandon. I kind of, I think it's a lot easier to like not have, <laughs> not have boundaries, especially in wellness. Sometimes you can be like, okay, well, you know, peace and love, like I'm not going to create any tension except this is like really harmful to me. And I think setting boundaries is a really important practice as well. Um, and to circle back to my point about ultimatums, if we notice and check in with ourselves of like how certain things feel, we also have a better way of gauging how to be in that relationship. And so it like never feels good to make a threat or to make an ultimatum or to say, if you don't do this, then I will. It's like, Ooh, it's like, it's, it's, really even thinking about that experience like I can feel my solar plexus like tighten right and that's also 
part of the practice is like being in tune with yourself um, and checking in with like how the body responds. Right. The body is always a really powerful indicator of like what you actually feel about a person, a situation, mm-hmm. an agreement, whatever. So, um, and Keiichi, what is one last thing that you might offer in terms of mindfulness as we're looking ahead into this year? We're only in, you know, in the first part of the year. So what would you offer as a practice that everyone should carry forth as they're, um, you know, really honing in on this idea of being more mindful and present in relationships of all kinds? Hmm. I think that... On the same in the same vein of paying attention, I think the other half of that is listening. And it's collecting information, observing, taking it in, feeling how it feels in your body. But I also think keeping the heart open and not judging is the best way to continue to create spaciousness. I love it, girl. And you, we know that you have all the the tools and tricks and <laughs> experiences in store for this year that also allow people to to um, practice this in community yeah. as well. Um, do you have specific places where you'd like for, for people to connect with you, to stay in touch, to explore mindfulness? Yes. Um, one place to connect is Instagram. So NDN Lifestylist is my Instagram. Um, I also often contribute to the Black Girl and Ohm publication. And then there, if you're in San Francisco, I'm, I have a teaching schedule that's available. I post it on Instagram. Um, and then I'll be doing some other non-San Francisco teaching throughout the year. Um, I'm not sure if I should announce this, but at Wanderlust, <laughs> um, I'm like, I don't know if it's confirmed, confirmed, but um... I'm done. <laughs> we'll both be there. Yes. Come see us in April. Yeah. So Atlanta. Um, and then I'll also be in Seattle as well. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I think the best place is Instagram. Um, and then I have some audio recordings on SoundCloud. If you want to practice with me remotely. Thanks, Nkechi. Yes, thank you so much. Girl. For having me. You're amazing. And your wisdom is amazing. And I'm going to be meditating on all that you said about relationships. So thank you for what you offered us today. (laughs) Thank you. Black Girl and Ohm creates space for women of color to breathe easy. You guys, we would like to thank our amazing podcast crew. Khalid B., thank you so much for an amazing intro. It's live and it's lit. I love it every time I listen to it. Keith, good news. You are such a phenomenal audio engineer. Thank you so much. Um, Valerie Titus Glover, our digital strategist on the podcast team. Girl, you are amazing. Thank you for your commitment. And to our amazing community members, y'all some real ones, day ones. We want to thank y'all so much for rocking with us. We love you, support you, and we are so grateful to share space with you. <laughs>